You know, having sensitive skin makes finding skincare products so difficult. It is. But today's sponsor, OneSkin, makes it easy. Their topical supplements are formulated with soothing ingredients and natural antioxidants. And they're gentle enough to use every day, even if you have sensitive skin. And it was founded by an all-female team of scientists. OneSkin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without all the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products. In a third-party 12-week clinical study performed by third-party research organization OS01 Face was clinically proven to strengthen the skin barrier, improve skin health markers, and diminish visible signs of aging. Like wrinkles were diminished in 87% of users. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspects of aging one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer get started today with 15 percent off using code tco at oneskin.co that's 15 percent off oneskin.co with code tco after your purchase they'll ask you where you heard about them please support the show and tell them we sent you it's more than just your output more than a bike Welcome to the Clip Out, episode 334. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. Hello. Hi. So, uh, first off, <laughs> first off. Okay. This is and another thing. No, All first right. off, uh, thank you to everyone who signed up for the Patreon last week. Yeah. We talked about some changes that we made, and, uh, and they are still in effect and will remain in effect. But uh, you can get everything for five bucks a month now. So, if you've been on the fence or thinking about it for five bucks, you can get all sorts of you can get all the bonus content even the old bonus content if you want to dive back into the archives you can and you'll get the episode ad free if we get it early you get it early and you know we'll like you more i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's what i always say on the real spoilers i'm like and we like you extra we like you extra but uh so a lot of people took advantage of the 70 trial and check it out hopefully the Hopefully they're digging it. So, and uh, this is probably a good time to talk about the clipped out. Yeah, the bonus episode this week on the clipped out. We're going to talk about all sorts of stuff that we don't have time for in this episode, like Peloton announced their price match or their offer match guarantee. We'll have details on that. Uh, which hotels in DC now have Peloton suites? <laughs> Very cool. Yes. Um, we'll talk about. Uh, expansion of offerings from peloton for business a canadian clothing debacle yes that's how you described it 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 is and it was yeah uh not to mention we're gonna start a rumor about a potential new employee that could be starting potential new instructor exactly put it that way yeah really you want to really start that really start it we'll talk about that over there talk about uh who's out for some vocal rest we'll talk about the halloween recap everything that happened around the world of peloton over halloween uh if you're participating in new york city marathon 
coming up this weekend. We'll talk about just different things you can do around town. So that'll be all over there on the bonus episode, which you can get for just five bucks a month. But there's also free stuff you can do on the Patreon, like the book club. Yeah. And we are currently reading. Don't forget. to. I finally write. finished it. Yay. Took me two more weeks than you did. And I started like a week earlier. Without ruining any of the plot, did you like it? Yes or no? Yeah, overall. It's not a book I would normally read if yeah. left to my own devices. I get that. But uh, but yes. And, and we are going to do a deep dive on this particular book on November 14th at 7 p.m. Central Time. And we are so lucky Sarah Goodman-Confino, the author, is going to join us and have the discussion with us, which I am super excited about. And if you want to be part of that, all you got to do is go over to patreon.com slash the clip out and click join community. Yep. And it's, and it's not too late to read it because it's a, a really nice it's a very easy read. It's a breezy read. I, yeah. I, I like not to be dismissive. It's, not it at seems all. very like a beach read kind yes. of a book. Like not it's, that it's not well written. Yeah. It just means that it's it's not something you have to like wade through every paragraph and think about what the last paragraph meant. Yeah. There's not footnotes and No. Yeah. No footnotes. No footnotes. I probably am not going to read a book with a lot of footnotes. <laughs> going to be honest. See, so, I do sometimes. I know you do. And I love that. And I love when you give me the synopsis, when, but I'm not going to read it. When, yes. When I'm like, <laughs> here's the takeaway. Yeah. Like you were telling me this morning about your aging book I'm that you were a, now reading. A book about how your attitude affects aging. And, and so, I have a shitty one, so I'm going to die soon. Yes. So, <laughs> I will be a widower. Um, but uh, but yeah, so uh, but there are footnotes in that yeah. book. So. See, it's out. But anyway, so yeah, swing on by patreon.com slash the clip out. You can sign up. It's absolutely free if you want to take part in that. And so we hopefully will see you. So uh, what, pray tell, do you have in store for people this week? Well, let's see. We're going to start with our earnings call recap because, uh, well, that happened. But here's the thing. We're recording it tomorrow because the call happens tomorrow. So who knows what kind of mood we'll be in during that. Right. So it could be totally different. Um <laughs> But also, we're going to talk about the feature updates that Peloton has dropped for the month of October. Their social guidance report came out. We're going to talk about what is going on with the uh, instructors this week. We have a few updates. Mm -hmm. And uh, we also have a visit from Angelo for how to improve your sleep. We have all kinds of content to discuss. And uh, we even have a birthday or two to discuss as well. Awesome. Well, before we get to all that shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube Music, uh, and just YouTube if you want to check that out. You can also uh, find us what iHeart, TuneIn, wherever you get a podcast, you can find us. While you're there, be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. Maybe leave us a review. It's super helpful. The easiest thing you can do to help the show is just share an episode in your social media feed. That certainly helps us, and we greatly appreciate it. You can also, as we mentioned, find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the clipout. If you want to support the show a little extra, that is also greatly appreciated. You can find us on Facebook if you want to stay up to date on Peloton breaking news throughout the week. You can find us at facebook.com slash the clipout while you're there. Like the page, join the group. And of course, don't forget our newsletter that you can sign up for at theclipout.com. So that's it for all that. Let's uh let's dig in, shall we? We shall. Peloton stock ticker. So uh, we just got done listening to the earnings call. And by we, of course, I mean, Crystal. I was going to say we. What? <laughs> what? 
<laughs> I had a doctor's appointment. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not like you listen when you don't have a doctor's appointment. That does not change the fact <laughs> that I had a doctor's appointment. Okay. So okay. this time you can't yell at me for not listening. All right. So uh, what did I not listen to? Okay, well, let's see. To start with, if you read the shareholders letter thingy, you already know that there were, of course, losses again. And that's like the the bottom line losses. And they expected that. So that's nothing new. I didn't really feel like there was anything that stood out in the financials that wasn't kind of what we've been seeing. You know, they're continuing to work on things. They're continuing uh, the inventory. They've gotten control of that. They feel like they've gotten control of that. They're getting ready for the holiday season, so that's going to look a little different this next quarter, but they're still being super conservative with that. Um, right. And of course, they have all these new partnerships in place, which were some of them were seeing some information coming back in. Some of them are not. Notable to me during the call was that Liz Coddington mentioned that they are already seeing a benefit from the Lulu partnership. As a matter of fact, she said $10 million that they already know they're getting for quarter two. That's revenue that's coming in. That's not nothing. That's not nothing indeed. (laughs) But you also have to ask yourself, like, how sustainable is that long term, right? Like, you're going to get that initial influx of people that are like, I want a Peloton Lululemon leggings, but Mm. are they going to buy them Month after month. See, you're only looking at the apparel side of things. Don't forget, this is about the mirror side of things, because if they use the essentials package over on mirror, which just started Mm. yesterday on November 1st, right? Right. They get access to thousands of Peloton classes. That's 13 million subscribers. So that is not necessarily um, just apparel. Like that's going to be anybody who's subscribing to that, that Peloton now has access to. And then starting next spring, Peloton is going to be the only content provider for that platform. So I think that I think that that actually is a very good thing. And I think it's it's a long term. Now, of course, apparel is part of it. I don't mean to say that it isn't. I just think that probably $10 million is not apparel. But at this point, wouldn't it be if their partnership for content didn't start until November 1st? Quarter two. We're just doing quarter one. So we're starting quarter two right now. Oh, okay. So that's what she was saying. $10 million that I referred to is for quarter two. So that just started or is starting. Like what we just, the earnings call today was for quarter one of their fiscal year. So we just started fiscal two, right? Okay. I don't understand. I guess. <laughs> well, it's, but they're already getting money, and it's been a that's not one day. What I the, what, but it says ten million in quarter two. I don't understand. By the end of this quarter, in the next three months, okay. they will see oh, that. Okay. Like, I, I thought understand. it was like they were saying we've already made that. No. So, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we're, we're going to need a lot longer than fifteen minutes if you don't work with me here. <laughs> <laughs> But as as you're, you pointed out, apparel is part of it. And Barry did say that when they did their big event in Chicago, they drove a lot of traffic to the Lululemon store in Chicago. Um, and no there has been a lot of um, apparel purchased through Peloton. So they were very happy about that. And they said that that will continue to evolve as we go forward. Um, if you listen to our bonus episode or if you do listen to our bonus episode, we will talk about what happened in Canada. Uh, that's going to be something that they will need to uh, work on going forward forward they did not allude to anything like that on the earnings call way too in the weeds i'm sure Um, for sure 
I also thought it was interesting when we talk about partnerships that they talked about how we're just getting started with things like Michigan. And they talked about how in the next couple of weeks is when we're really going to see Michigan light up. They made it sound like we've barely been getting started. Now, I also think that something that is really important here that I felt like kind of got glossed over is they talked about rental and bike rentals. They said that um, it's accounting for like 75,000 subscriptions right now, which is not very much. But Barry made a point to say that that's because he has been really keeping his foot on the brake with the rentals because they feel like they don't understand the financial implications, the long term behavior patterns, how that's all going to look. So he wants to grow it very slowly. So they understand it. He was like, if we ever got to the point, let's say it was 500 thousand subs. He's like, that completely changes who we are as a business. And I don't think we're ready to do that. So he's trying to keep that growth slow. However, pair that with the fact that they are talking about one of the things they want to do with this partnership with Michigan is they want to look at putting rentals in place that are specific for students and how they move in and out of their dorms and things like that. So that could be a very interesting. They said that 60% of the rentals that come in are incremental. And what that means is 60% of the people who are renting bikes never would have done anything with Peloton had it not been for the fact that it was a rental to begin with. That means a few things. One, it means that they truly are uh, getting into areas they never would have touched before. But also it means that it's it, it is really reaching the people where they say, like, we can meet you anywhere and they are going to continue to lean into that. But they have levers that they are pulling that if they feel like they're growing too fast, they're going to pull it back. So I think that Long term, and I mean years, we're going to see that continue to be more and more important. Uh, but for right now, I think it's just something to kind of put a pin in and pay attention to. Do they have any insight as to why they think people are renting? Do they think that it's people that like aren't sure they want to commit? Is it people who have a, a just need it for the summer? They really didn't talk about that. I think more it was if it happened at all, it was more of like just kind of a side conversation in that it's it's a different demographic and they they don't necessarily have the income to spend on the hardware, the hardware aspect of things. But it's also interesting because they talked about the different churn rates for the different kinds of markets. So if you look at an all access membership, that churn is like 1.0, 1.5, like it's real low. But then right. if you look at the app, that's like 3%. But then when you look at rentals, that's like 6%. So Which makes sense if you're does. renting it. it yeah, because there's going to be, and there there will be people mixed in there that are like, well, I only need it for three months. Right. And so they rent it for three months and then they say, come get it. So like, it, it's not crazy. I also don't think it's crazy that the app has a higher churn rate because you're not tethered to anything, right? If you bought a piece of equipment, you either are still making that payment for years because it's bundled into your to your financing for a lot of people, or or like there's just a, a guilt lever about giving it up. Like unless you sell the bike, you feel kind of weird having a bike and not having a membership. Where an app membership, you can drop in and out at any time. You know, another thing that I thought was interesting about the different pieces of equipment versus the app, this was just kind of apropos of nothing, but they were talking about somebody asked the question, like, how many people have more than one piece of equipment? So 10%, only 10% 
of people have two or more pieces of Peloton equipment, but that number is growing. Um, yeah. And I thought that was fascinating. And most of those people yeah. have a bike and then they add a tread. But now they are seeing that most of those people are like the second one is coming in at a row. Like they are seeing that that second piece of equipment tread first, then row. I thought that was fascinating as well. Yeah, it is. I um I one, I'm surprised it's only 10 percent. Me too. It seems like that's a target rich environment to try to get people to add a piece of equipment. But I also get that from their vantage point that sells a piece of equipment. It doesn't get them a new subscription. So so it's really it's a short term game gain. Like I'm sure they love the fact if you want to buy another piece of equipment, they're happy to sell it to you. But it's also not a dollar that's probably worth chasing. for them. Yeah, especially since they're so focused on getting more people on the app. That's really their right. focus right now. Yeah, I thought that was super interesting. I also think it makes sense that people would opt for a row over a tread just because I feel like for most people, like if they're a runner, that it seems to be that's what they do and they don't really tend to mess with anything else or from an equipment standpoint. Maybe they do weights, but so it stands. So it's not shocking that if you're a bike owner, you don't pivot to a tread as likely as maybe you pivot to a to a rower. Yeah, no, I, I think that's absolutely true. And and plus, like we've talked about a million times, and I think it's kind of your point, people who run don't necessarily need a tread to run. A lot of them run outside. Mm-hmm. So, um, sure. and, and there, there's just not the same thought process for a lot of runners. They're very used to it just being they run on their own. They right. run on whatever they run on. Um, I have shoes. That's plenty. Mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. Uh, so that was also interesting. Along that, they just kind of had this really quick little thing that they said in the letter that somebody asked kind of a follow up question to one of the engagement things that came up in the shareholders letter is that people are taking longer classes on the platform. Finally, like, (laughs) I mean, okay, so I think that a long time ago, Peloton swung in the direction of, okay, everybody wants 20 minute classes, boom, 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 they were just and they were really, really doubling down on that. But this year, for the first time ever, they've at least alluded to the fact that they saw a huge increase in longer classes and increased engagement from people on the platform. So they're spending more time on the platform. And he was he was asked why. And Barry said that he thought it was some progress in personalization and also that it's great content execution and the preferences of members. He's like, if we're programming well, then they're going to be taking longer classes because they are choosing to, but also because we are giving them more and making it easier for them to find which I thought was fascinating. Um, I have another theory. Go for it. Though, so they're they're bringing in people that maybe are new to fitness or haven't worked out in a while, and they're and starting it, to mature. <laughs> right? They, yeah. they needed all they could really stomach at the beginning was twenty minute classes, and now that they've been doing it for a year, a year and a half, it's hitting critical mass where like twenty minutes just isn't enough anymore for them to either see gains or maintain, and so. Their start, you have a certain percentage that are starting to gravitate towards longer classes. I think that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, very I just interesting. see it myself with Tonal. Like in the beginning, I was like, anything over 30 minutes, I was like, eat a dick. And now, if I'm not down there for 45 minutes, I feel like I wasted my time. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's totally true. Absolutely. And I think for people who have had their Pelotons for a long time, we're like, well, duh, we felt that way the whole time. And but as to your point, if all these new people are coming on board and they're they're new, then they have to kind of go through that life cycle as well. And we all know there was that huge influx during the pandemic. So maybe now we're finally kind of normalizing to a new a new normal. Um, Yeah. 
So one of the other things I thought was interesting is they talked about what are the end of the year promotions this year going to look like versus last year. They didn't talk about like what the promotions themselves are going to be. They didn't talk about that at all. But what they did talk about is that it's going to be very exciting this year compared to last year in that they're already seeing and they've learned a lot from digital marketing, specifically creator marketing, influencer marketing. They said that they are seeing a lot of traction in the space and you're going to see more of it. You're going to see more of that. They said coming alive uh, this this season. They also thought that it was really good timing that all of these partnerships are hitting critical mass at the same time. Like it's all going to come together. So they, they seem very happy with how that's all coming up. By the way, I thought it was interesting that for the first time ever, they had somebody outside of uh, financials coming in. So this time on the meeting, they had Leslie Burland, who is the CMO of marketing. I thought that was fascinating. And Barry said that they will be from time to time bringing in other senior leadership in future calls. Thought that was interesting as well. And so one of the other things that I was pretty excited about was they talked about Uh, fitness as a service. So whether or not that is going to extend to things like maybe the, the tread, because now they're relaunching the tread. No, Barry says, and and I thought this was just interesting because it's what I've said for a long time. No, because the tread is a lot more complex to install. So no. And he said, maybe the row, but it's very early in the row's life cycle. They still have a lot to learn there. So they don't want to do anything. Also, they have their hands full with fitness as a service already, especially in Germany. He said that their rental in Germany is already blowing their numbers that they expected out of the water, like just completely killing it. So that's exciting, too. And um, they said that when they started the new app tiers, that they had a million downloads that hit on the free tier right away. But they felt that they did not do a good enough job leading people to all of their content on that free tier because they did not turn into conversions. So they switched their their strategy to be on the paid. And then they find it fascinating that more people are going to the $24.99 than the $12.99. I don't think that's fascinating because as we've talked about before, get yourself a guide and you have access to everything. So not very shocking to me. That is the best deal over the $12.99. But okay, but if that were true, mm -hmm. then you'd think they would be talking about how many guides they're selling. That is true also. And they are not. So yeah, but it's still a better deal. Even if you you know, it's, for sure, the, the twelve ninety nine one is so throttled. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there, it just is. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just an excuse to say we, it starts at twelve ninety nine. Yeah, right? they were hoping you to at, give people enough of a taste that they'd be excited to to stick around. Right. But they did say that they are um, really penetrating a lot of new demographics. They said a lot of men, Gen Z plus uh, and others. Um, So that's exciting. And um, let's see here. They think that churn will continue to decrease in Q2 and Q3 because those seat posts have come in. People are unpausing their membership. So they think that's going to continue to drop. As far as the property that they own, I believe, in Ohio for the pop thing, that that thing that they bought, that they were going to be a new It was going to be their big plant manufacturing plant. Yeah. Yeah. So they took a $15 million impairment this quarter. They're still looking to sell. They're talking to a bunch of people. They hope soon. They said very little about that, but it didn't sound good to me uh, (laughs) because they stopped talking about it so fast. They were like, let's talk about something else. (laughs) Now, somebody asked, uh, what about the Tread Plus? Or actually, they asked you. You can look forward to Peloton on tour, Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, too funny. Somebody asked, like, what are the big things that you see coming? And one of the things that somebody specifically asked was about Tread Plus. What about the opportunity? And is it going to be cost limiting given the, the macro economy? In other words, the world sucks right now. So you guys are putting this out there for $6,000. How do you think that's going to go? And Barry said, well, it could fall flat like that. He just flat out said that. He said, but I don't think so. He said, of all the products, and this is a direct quote, the one product you could not pry out of their hands is the Tread Plus. They are fanatical. They are emotional. Uh, he said, frankly, that reaction is what informs me that my belief that this will be successful. I agree with him totally, utterly. I agree. Like, let me be the first to say, I believe that the Tread Plus will do well. The only limitation that I see is people are going to be raising their eyebrow at the fact that that inventory has been sitting there for so long. They're not going to believe that it's going to be okay till they see it in action. So it might take a couple months to get going, but I think that it will once people believe that it is. Yeah, they're definitely going to need to do something to get people over the hump of unused inventory sitting there for three years. Yes. Yes. So to me, those were the the big highlights of today. He also talked about that there's going to be some other things that are going to be hitting in the next couple of weeks. There's going to be something happening with uh, commercial um, and there's going to be something happening with uh, partnerships, Michigan, uh, something. There's just going to be a lot of things happening in the next few weeks. And of course, we know that the last on tour stop is coming up very soon. So I, I have a feeling there's going to be some big announcements coming up up in the next couple of months. And it makes sense for London to be the timing. However, I will also say Peloton has never wanted to use things like an HRI or homecoming to make big announcements. So could be wrong. But I will also say there's a different regime. I know. I know that was that was the last group. And so and we always thought it was odd that they didn't want to use it for something like that. Like it seemed like the obvious choice. And, you know, I feel like the Foley's era, they were very much like making the non-obvious choice sometimes just for the sake of it, where Barry looks at it more like these are business fundamentals. Like, why would you not do the thing that has been shown to work time after time just because you think it's boring because it's been shown to work time after time? And so, yeah, I don't know. I kind of wonder. Yeah, it'll it'll be very interesting to see because the other half of that equation is that if they wait for London, we also know that London is, I mean, six hours ahead of U.S. time. How much of that will be communicated back to the United States? But we know there's going to be a lot of U.S. instructors there. It'll be super exciting to the London crowd because there's going to be a lot of people that can't just drop everything and travel to New York. So they're going to get to meet some of these instructors for the very first time. I I think it's going to be a big one. I really do. I hope so. Yeah, I I I agree. Like, yeah, if you are a Peloton fan and you live in in England, like this is your best, easiest, cheapest way to meet a lot of these, especially U.S. instructors. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I guess that's the earnings report. So that brings this portion of the show to a close. Peloton in the news. So we have Peloton October Tech Updates with assistance from Matt Wilpers. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's assistance with him. But uh, we do have Power Zone Compliance. It's a feature that provides users with a detailed graph illustrating their in-class performance. It's a new graph that displays the time that's spent in each zone and output graphs, which are going to map your performance 
against the instructed output ranges. So the zone targets are going to feature highlights the percentage of the class that you were in that zone. So if you we're going to talk more about something else that's coming later, too. There's a new yes. metric. We'll talk about that. But speaking of metrics, there's also target metrics that dropped on lane break, which allows you to select levels and generate graphs based on an algorithm that estimates the targets on each level's unique design. Peloton designed this update to help users set specific targets and track their progress. So that's a different way to use lane break. Instead of just using it kind of like to have fun, this is going to be something like, oh, I want to see if I'm having fun but also getting fitter from class to class so if you like fun but not too much <laughs> you want to dial back that fun yes or you keep the fun level but make it as uh, fit as possible there you go uh, and there is also peloton gym classes can now be filtered so you can filter the available workout list based on equipment time, instructor, body activity, and difficulty, along with your bookmark classes and classes you have taken or not taken. So that's going to make it a lot easier to find the exact workout that you are looking for. I hope when you use the filter, it says, hey, man, nice workout. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Our younger listeners are not going to have any idea None. what that means. <laughs> yeah, like people like over 60, nothing. People like under 40, nothing. nothing. But people between 40 and late 50s are like, I recognize that reference. <laughs> and I hopefully like it, sir. Yes. Uh, and there's also target metrics that just dropped on the Peloton app. These are really cool. Now there are ranges, target ranges that are appearing on the screen, and they blink to alert you whenever the new metric is being called out. So it's on running, walking, cycling, and rowing classes. Now we've had those for quite a while for the bike tread in the row but now app users can get it too so just the just the bike are you done what it's blinking <laughs> only you two people see this but it's blinking just like the bike tread in row the target metrics are only available for on-demand classes which makes perfect sense but i love it because you can see like you're supposed to be running between three and four and it tells you that it's great peloton has released their environmental social guidance report can we can we just linger on this artwork for just a second okay okay so so one of our new writers our yeah. new helper bees jen dunn made this and i'm just in love with the bright wow. colors yeah she made this yes i thought this was like something that they slapped on there no. and we just no she made it. it well look at that yeah look how talented our, yeah, our that's really good our people are yeah yeah so no that art was worth lingering on thank you i'm because my first thought honestly was like this sounds really boring. So, um, <laughs> doesn't look boring thanks to the artwork. And there you go. But, uh, but like, what? And is I this said, Jen Dunn. It's Jen Dane. What is wrong with me? What I'm is so wrong sorry. <laughs> She's like, I'm Dane. It's the with brain you. injury. <laughs> I could still use that. It's only been six months. Is that how that works? I'm, What's the uh, expiration of that one? I don't think there is one. Well. I'm going to be honest. As long as I am forgetting weird shit, I'm going to talk about it. Okay. I don't. I don't care because sometimes it makes me really upset. <laughs> <laughs> so what is this? So we've talked about this dry. report before. It is. Uh, but basically it's like, hey, what are what is what is Peloton doing that is helping social impacts, environment impacts, responsibility, yada, yada. Your so, bike produces no exhaust of any kind. <laughs> no, but we've talked about you these. Might. <laughs> we've talked about these things before. And it's it's 
basically not a lot is going to change from year to year, but it is telling us this is a highlight of what happened. So in other words, when they do those, um, when they give money to certain groups during certain times, that is an example of social impact that they are doing, right? Gotcha. If they give money to a certain group that is helping the environment, that is another thing. They're looking to have fitness meet sustainability and inclusivity. And so some of the things that they're doing, like the refurbished program, the rental program, that's a huge for sustainability, right? Sure. They, well, you're not just throwing dead bikes in landfills. Exactly. Right. And of course, having their content that is going to be accessible beyond just the bike, beyond just the tread, that's all inclusiveness. So it's there's a lot of things going on that on there that that they are having impacts with. And you can you can scroll down and we can get more specific about those. But um, let's see. Well, they're looking for younger people. We already knew that. Social justice. Well, we're not. I don't think we should even get into social justice implications, to be honest. Like (laughs) I will just yell at us. Yeah. And, but I don't, I don't, I think it's the initiatives they've been doing. I don't think yeah. there's anything new. One well, talks about global pay equity. Yes. Like yes. getting paid fairly. And hopefully I, that's hopefully not new. Hopefully that's not a hot take for right? you. If it is, go ahead and yell at us because you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. So uh, anyway, that's all there. And coming up later in the episode, uh, Angela will have tips for how to sleep better. One of them is reading this report. (laughs) (laughs) So there was an article this week on Bloomberg about the rise of importance of Latino marketing. And it says Bad Bunny shows advertisers the power of Spanglish and Peloton popped up in there. Yeah. And I I think it's. You know, it makes sense, right? That if mm-hmm. you if you have more opportunities to talk to more groups, then you're that's good marketing, just like we just talked about For being sure. in more places. Especially as they want to expand into more international territories, some of them are going to speak Spanish. One would think, right? And so, my understanding of Spanglish is that it is a literally a combination yeah. of English and Spanish. And so, I think that one way that you see that in the rides and runs that our instructors do is they are mostly in one language or the other, but they kind of flip sometimes. Yeah. You know, you might hear uh, you might hear in an English class also have a few Spanish words. You also might have a Spanish class that has a few English words. And I think that that is good. I mean, I can. I can take a Spanish speaking class and get the gist. Right. I am not in any way fluent in Spanish, but I do know enough that I could get by. Can I talk? No, but I can listen yeah. and have a good idea of what's happening. And so, there are all sorts of words in the English language that are similar we or, or that we have pulled in from other oh, languages sure. and made our own. So like that's very common. So Absolutely. Yeah. Also coming up this week, Peloton is hosting a shakeout run with New York Roadrunners. Yes. This which is... I, I don't think we mentioned in the opening of the oh show. Oh my God, we didn't. Our huge interview. Yeah, huge, our huge interview, interview this week. with CEO of the New York Roadrunners Association, uh, Rob Simulcare. And uh, he is joining us this week to talk all about <laughs> this weekend. It's super exciting. Yeah. Uh, I was super Star Trek to be able to meet him. <laughs> and he's going to talk about the the Peloton partnership yes. that, they, that they have. You're going to hear how it started. You're going to hear what to expect. Lots of fun little things in Absolutely. there. Absolutely. So, but, uh, but anyway, back to this particular article, there is, this a, is one of those things. Yeah, in fact, when we were interviewing him, he was like, I'm leaving to 
go do this, wasn't he? Or he said I was getting ready to do it. He, he mentioned was it. he was preparing for the actual event. Like they That's had to right. get things together he for it. it. Yes, yeah. yes, he does. It was this weekend, obviously, because it's all this weekend, right? So, yeah, November 2nd, and it's going to have some of the Peloton instructors there, uh, Bex Gentry, Susie Chan, Mariana Fernandez, Logan Aldridge, Jeffrey McEachern, and Rad Lopez. Uh, they're going to have a welcome, and there's going to be a five-minute warm-up, and then you're going to do a shakeout run, and you get to do it right in Central Park. And so that's pretty darn exciting. There's lots of these shakeout runs all across New York, which is part of what we are going to talk about over in the bonus episode. And coming up after this, we're going to have instructors in the news. We're going to tell you all about where Jen Sherman and Maddie Majacomo are going to be if you want to see them in real life. So stick around. Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? <laughs> well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away 100 or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, and they also come in like a million different colors and styles for your $25 you're not sacrificing comfort safety or style if you want to support the show and pick up a pair gooder is giving the clip out listeners free shipping on their first order just go to gooder.com slash tco that's g-o-o-d-r.com and use code tco to get free shipping gooder offers a 30 day money back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. Man, oh man, do you love your AG1? I really do. You do. It's a wonderful tasting drink and it also makes me feel good. Like it's a great way to start the day. Uh, you know, I grew up, my dad always had things like tomato juice first thing in the right. morning. I feel like AG1 is my tomato juice. <laughs> <laughs> this generation's V8. Yes. I, I do. Uh, but I love the way it makes me feel. It's like I get all of my vitamins and I'm ready for the day just with a drink. And like I said, it's a good tasting drink. And it can help replace your, your multivitamin just by drinking an AG1 every day. Yes. And not only did I replace my multivitamin with AG1, but I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. It also has vitamin C and zinc to support my immune health. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health it's ag1 and that's why i've partnered with them for so long if you want to take ownership of your health it starts with ag1 try ag1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin d3k2 and five free ag1 travel packs with your first purchase at drinkag1.com slash clip out that's drinkag1.com slash clip out check it out instructors in the news Jess Sims has been showing up at fans' houses and uh, making surprise visits, and she showed up at an Ultimate Jets fan's home this week, and it's one of our tipsters. It is. It is. Jennifer Tavella, one of the TCO tipsters, had, can you believe this? She had Jess Sims at her freaking <laughs> house. How amazing is that? Oh, so cool. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah that must have been very exciting. Yes. So good for her. Absolutely. Jen and Maddie are coming to California. Can you believe this? Two of my favorites together. 
together. <laughs> together. Okay, you've met them both. I know, but not together. <laughs> Do you know how fun they would be together? Is that how that works? I guess it's kind of like how I met all the monkeys, but I also wanted to meet them. There you go. At the same time. Right. I only ever got a picture with two at a time. I, ne- I can never... Well, Getting four is practically impossible. Well, well now, now it's for very sure, impossible. but yeah, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but I, there was a brief window where I could have gotten three of the four, but uh, but no, it did not happen. Yeah, you almost did. Came almost, very close, very close. So, yeah. but uh, but yeah. So if you live in Palo Alto, Santa Clara, there's going to be two different member events, and they're going to be this weekend, which is nice since everybody else is going to be at the New York City Marathon. Glad they're hitting the West Coast. <laughs> For a brief moment. This is their way to avoid having to run a marathon. <laughs> I don't blame them. <laughs> oh. Joining us once again via the magic of ZoomTube from MetPro, it's Angelo here to answer all of your fitness and nutrition questions. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Hey, guys. Well, we have another question. Now, this one's school related, but you okay. have to stretch it a little. Uh, this one comes from Sherry Mulrow. She wants to know how to get to sleep at a regular, reasonable time. Now, I know this is not nutrition, but I figure you've got really strategies out the wazoo. So I, I got confidence in you. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to be a hypocrite saying them. That's the thing. So here's <laughs> what I need to because I'm an infamous insomniac. So here's what I need to work on. So I'll just talk about all the things I need to do better. And Sherry, okay. that's exactly what you should try. <laughs> <laughs> So a regular bedtime, all the experts, all the research shows when you condition, it's just like you wake up in the morning and boing, your eyes are open at eight o'clock or 630 or whatever time you're conditioned to, your body will do the same thing for when you go to sleep if you go to sleep at the same time. So if you can condition yourself, that's a huge thing. Second thing, and here's what I'm guilty, guilty as charged, no devices, no electronics right before bed actually read a book that you turn the pages all the research has shown that those electronics the computer the tv are stimulating and it is true you will likely fall asleep quicker it won't feel quicker because you'll be so bored but you will fall asleep quicker i thought i'd get a chocolate at tom for that yeah (laughs) i read all the time i read every night i don't i don't read a real book i read a kindle but we but. have the blue light blocker thingy on the Kindle. So, so Kindle's designed for that, right? Yeah. And it's, yeah. Like yeah, it and yeah. it's the Kindle Oasis. So it's it's designed to look it's like flat. It's like it's not like a glossy okay. lit up screen. It's not like a tablet. It's it, designed to look yeah. more like like you're reading paper. So I mean I'm sure it's not the same as a book, but of course. We read in darkness and we flip our screen black and the font white ah, and then we, there you go so we'll read in complete yeah. in complete darkness or like if i if i'm having trouble sleeping like if, normally if i'm having trouble sleeping it's because i either have something at work that like is on a loop right. in my head that i can't stop or or i'm fighting with my ex-wife and uh <laughs> and so i'll so i'll read for a couple minutes and i can do it in the dark and not wake her up and so yeah because if the lights come on i'm awake yeah I'm like, I, what is I, happening i find if i read for even 10 minutes at two o'clock in the morning it just it breaks my head out of that loop and then i right can, I right can, i yep. it's easier for me to go back to sleep yes I'm so here's Here's another recommendation, Sherry, and maybe not what you're expecting. I'm sure you've heard this at some point. Exercise. 
mm-hmm. not at 10 o'clock at night, but if you exercise that day and triple, if you exercised vigorously, that just does wonders for your central nervous system and your body's ability to fall asleep and stay asleep at night when you're in a habit of exercising, especially with some intensity. So if you, if you're not already in the habit of that, that's going to help across multiple, you know, we talk a lot about exercise around these parts, don't we? Yeah. So <laughs> about, about 90 minutes a week here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a regular exercise routine will do wonders for your sleep schedule. And then finally your nutrition. If you're having caffeine, if you're having sugar at night, if you're eating junk food at night, if you're having alcohol at night, that one's probably the most infamous. It'll make you feel a little drowsy right after you drink. But then what happens is you wake up in the middle of the night and can't get back to sleep. So quality foods, clean foods, uh, eat a balanced dinner, and you're going to find you're going to sleep a lot better. If you were working with us at MetPro, we would be getting you into a minimum of eating four or five times a day. And that's not that complicated. It's just three balanced meals and then some specifically selected snacks. Why? Because when your blood sugar is stable throughout the day, that's going to result in a host of positive um, biological changes in your system. And one of those positive outcomes is better sleep patterns. And so that's something that you can try as well. Uh, Some people try and go too long without eating in the evening. And so if you're hungry or there's nothing in your stomach, sometimes not everybody, everyone's body's a little different when it comes to this, that can sometimes break sleep. So at least eating something light in the early evening is good. Eating a really heavy meal in the early evening is not so good. That will not necessarily help your sleep. It might put you to sleep, but then you wake up in the middle of the night with a bellyache. So don't do that. (laughs) It's so fascinating because I have one of those uh, whoop trackers, you know, that I wear. And yeah. uh, if I if like like when we go on our Disney cruise, when I eat badly, like the next day, my recovery is always like like it's red. It's bad. Yeah. It's like 10 to 12 percent recovered. And it's just like woof. And that, that 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 much of a difference can occur just because you ate sugar before you went to bed and heavy, heavy food. Imagine a recovery rate when she got hit by a car. <laughs> It was, it was bad. Yeah. It was Oof. real bad. They were like, they were like I don't advice. recommend that. Yes, no. our advice is stop getting hit by cars. Yeah. yeah. Come on, Crystal, cut yeah. it out. Why would you do that? <laughs> well, if uh, people would like this information tailor-made for them, and here's free one, don't get hit by a car. Yeah, there you but, go. Uh, but if they would hey, like... Thanks for clearing that up, Tom. Yes, if they would like... I just don't want to hide that one behind a paywall. Oh, yeah, that's fair. But, that's uh, fair. But if they would like stuff like this tailor-made for themselves and their lifestyle, where can they find you? Metpro.co slash TCO. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> thanks, guys. Peloton Artist Collaboration. Another week, another new artist series. This time it features 1989, the album, not the year, (laughs) Taylor's version. Yes. A lot of people are very excited about this. I'm sure uh, she is doing okay for herself. She is. Yeah. Did you know that (laughs) she was officially uh, called a billionaire this week? Well, good for her. Yeah. I, I saw the article and it said she's the first person to ever reach billionaire status based solely on 
their music revenue. Like normally people like they they get an initial nest egg from something like music or TV and then they invest it and it grows. But hers is I'm sure she's got investments, but like. But I don't know. Maybe she doesn't. She is the investment. She right? is the like, investment. It's like, you for know, sure. Like she's just like, oh, I guess I'll do this and make a ton of money. Like she doesn't need a hedge fund or and a 401k. I, I have to say, I don't think this happened in time to make it into the uh, episode proper. I don't know. Maybe we just missed. I missed sending it to you. But our helper B. Lindsay did mm-hmm. an amazing article which she took all of the songs from this album right and assigned them to instructors based on the song okay because you know that line that taylor swift has we have a blank space i'll write your name right you know so she did blank space and so that's that's the idea so uh you should definitely check it out over at theclipout.com and find out exactly what instructor we assigned to to each each song, song including yes slut yeah yeah (laughs) i want to check that out uh and yes cody is on the cover of that particular article and yes it was definitely for the irony because he does not like taylor swift (laughs) so yeah that was that was on purpose guys we got it Uh, (laughs) you know it's funny uh the with all the taylor version things that are out there right like her she didn't own the rights to her masters, which is the actual physical recordings of her music. So she could do what she wanted. So she went back and re-recorded them all for people that aren't familiar with the story because they were sold and she could, didn't have any control over them. So she's like, well, I'll just re-record the, all the albums and I'll tell all my fans to listen to these instead of those. And, and, and then they did. I'll kill the streaming value. And she did. It worked. It's amazing. It is. Like, I mean, it like, it's just like, I'm sorry, but that's a baller move. Yeah. And I mean, my favorite band is the monkeys. And like one of my favorite stories is when they said, here's the next song you're going to sing. And they were like, that song's a piece of shit. And they like practically got in a fist fight over not recording it. And then that's when they took over. So like, I love when artists do this sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but I saw an article the other day that said, Labels now are starting to put in contracts that you can't do this. Well, (laughs) too late. She already did. Yeah, but they don't (laughs) want somebody else to do it to them. In all honesty, like I would they were interviewing a lawyer who didn't want to remain named. I bet. And he but he was like, I really don't even fight it because he's like, in all honesty, he's like, what other artist could have realistically pulled that off? He's mm-hmm. like, you're the, the, the odds of you getting big enough for this to even be a viable option are so minuscule that it's not a fight worth having. So, for sure. but anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. That's a great story. I, I know a lot of people have issues with Taylor Swift and uh, there were some really rude comments over on the uh, OPP but I mean that's cesspool so but I love her and I love what a great businesswoman she is and uh, I'm a huge fan and not just a fan of her music I'm a huge fan of how she conducts herself in the world and I think it's great yeah like honestly like I can take or leave her music I mean she's got songs I like but I'm like what you know what it's not never going to be something I get in the car and put on but uh, but I, I, I like her I do too go Taylor Coming up after this, we're going to talk about all sorts of upcoming content or things you might have missed so you can get the most out of your Peloton experience. So stick around. If you're looking to avoid carbs, it's always a challenge trying to find bread that fits in with your keto lifestyle. 
Right, because you want to make sure that it tastes good and you want to make sure it has good ingredients. So I think Hero Bread does both. Especially when you're in the store, you are overwhelmed with bread choices. Yes. And I've had other breads before that claim to have low net carbs and you are certainly sacrificing taste texture size yes none of that with hero bread no because sometimes on the ones that have the low net carbs they have like no substance to it (laughs) it's like eating air it is and hero bread actually really tasted good and it felt like a solid piece of bread like i did not feel like i was giving up something i was surprised at how big each slice of bread was here's the real test of a piece of bread (laughs) i didn't make a sandwich with these I just had toast. Which you love because you have toast almost every day. I do. It was the (laughs) best textured bread of this sort that I've ever had. And if you're doing the math, it's zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar, and high in fiber. So don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code TCO at checkout. That's TCO at H-E-R-O dot C-O. We mentioned earlier in the episode that we had more power zone information, and here it is. There is a new power zone metric coming. Yeah, and so it's the power profile that has been introduced. So if you, the October 7th power zone max class is the first time that Matt incorporated this profile test in the ride, and you can you can find out some more about it in this other article, but um, it's it's not exactly another test. It's basically like this idea that you have a profile. It's not just one number you're looking for. It's like, you know how you can take classes that are more endurance steady. You can also have like max classes. Well, then that's what you you get all of your power zone training from. But if you scroll down, I can give you the specifics about how this test is different. So this test might reveal things like you excel more at longer endurance ride, but maybe you struggle a little bit with sprints that require much more power, but have shorter durations. So the results of this test are going to allow you to identify your specific riding profile and identify the types of rides that might help you get better in that specific one. So you start off as you do any other powering class, and then you build up. So you do a couple minutes in zone two, zone three, zone four, but then you get into zone five, 30 seconds, zone six, 30 seconds. Then after recovering, you actually start the test. So you do a one minute maximum effort. And for many people, that's your zone six. Then you do five and a half minutes at zone one. Then you do a five minute max effort, which again, somewhere for most people, it's going to be a zone five. Then you do another recovery for one five and a half minutes. And then you conclude the test by repeating the following intervals six times, 15 seconds of maximum effort somewhere in zone seven for most people. Then you're, you get a zone one recovery. So after you've done that test, you get your normal power zone graph. And from that, you can see how well you were able to look at your how how well you were able to keep those efforts during the intervals. So we don't know whether or not we're going to get specific graphs for that specific test. But you are going to be able to use at the very least that really cool new feature we talked about at the top of the show that you can see the new power zone graphs, the percentage of time you were staying where 
the instructor told you to be. Mm-hmm. And if you're 50% in one and 75% in another, that's a good that's a good indicator. You need to work a little harder on the 50% and maybe not spend as much time on the 75%. So that's how it all works. Okay. And uh, just another way to say math math. <laughs> I'm glad they've got something there to do that math for you. Yeah, me too. It That makes it a lot more fun. Absolutely. So let's talk TCO Top 5. Every week we ask you to tell us what your favorite classes of the week are, and then we share them with people. So if they're looking for classes, that uh, we help separate the wheat from the chaff. Well, I tell you what, this one I would have not guessed would show up as a favorite, but it is the favorite Artist series yoga, ludicrous, ludicrous yoga with okay. Dana Morgan, Morton, Morgan, uh, Morton. And the reason I wouldn't have thought that is just I wouldn't have thought to put yoga with ludicrous. But sure. um, Mindy Jensen, she says that she's not a yoga flow fan. Uh, she loves the quick 10 minute flows to stretch. But Dennis Morton's 30 minute ludicrous yoga flow got her to do a full length class she had just got done with a run and somehow this called out to her she really appreciated dennis leaving the music as the artist intended it was a great class she worked up a sweat and sang some sassy lyrics <laughs> is dennis calling out dj john michael oh for remixes? i don't think so let's start a uh, imaginary turf war between the two <laughs> Dennis Morton calls out DJ John Michael. I'm leaving the music as intended. Suck it, DJ John Michael. Wow. Uh, then we have number two, our favorite Peloton Row boot camp. This was with Katie Wong. It was 30 minute 80s boot camp from 1023. Becky Gomez loved this boot camp, not just for the workout, but also the playlist. It was the Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore 80s based rom-com playlist. Ah. Uh, so they were all from the wedding singer and it was really good class and very efficient workout for only 30 minutes. So uh, then we have our favorite Peloton Halloween walk. This one was my favorite class of the week. This was with Maddie Majacomo, uh, 1029, because that's when all the new Halloween classes came out. I don't know what these these other these other things say. Let me just say this. I loved Maddie's humor. He acted as if he was an alien the entire time. (laughs) And it was phenomenal. He called out all the other instructors and lots of, not all of the instructors, but like famous people and some of the instructors and asked, are they alien or human? And then he had a reason for whichever they were. (laughs) And in his costume, his costume was something we should all aspire to be. That took hours to put on. It is amazing. There were several people that submitted this. Susan Yang, Dina Rosas, they both loved it as well. Uh, and Susan said that Maddie's costume was out of this world. And it was. And But the whole class was so funny. He called himself the non-human biologic Maddie <laughs> so it was NHB2, BM2. That's what he called himself. <laughs> and it was amazing. I'm, and he also used great songs. Beastie Boys, Intergalactic, Katy Perry's E.T. Like, it was so good. So good. <laughs> must take. Must take this week. <laughs> and if you want to hear more Halloween stuff, we're going to talk about it on this week's uh, p- Patreon episode. So if you haven't signed up, you have not missed your opportunity. So coming in at number four. 
favorite Peloton hike. This was with Kirsten Ferguson. Uh, and this would have been the unstackable for the week if it hadn't have been for Matt Wilpers. But Matt Wilpers took us to a whole new place. So Trish Lalonde, her, she says that this particular class was a butt kicker. Kirsten's 30 minute hike from October 30th. She did not go below 10% incline for the entire class. And she was up at 10 to 12. Her legs were done. <laughs> Whew. Okay, and then our unstackable. I think even I know what the unstackable is. It this was week. it this was a nine hour class. <laughs> it's like you, you finally have a class like you now that you can watch movies on your thing. You can watch Lawrence of Arabia <laughs> while you take a class. Yes, the the funny thing about this was it was it was recorded and it was also kind of Matt's birthday ride too. Uh, his birthday actually falls on ten twenty four, but he kind of shared it as his birthday. So uh, well, Matt, that's a. Sh- way to celebrate your birthday he loved it he <laughs> loved it so two hour ride folks two hours people loved it billy lenore the playlist was great the energy was great the structure to survive that so for so many of us that aren't used to writing that long was great uh and it helped billy reinforce mentally that the training he's doing is working michael davern said the first hour flew by the second hour also flew but that last 15 minutes were something special (laughs) matt mentioned at the end of the ride true cyclists sometimes say long rides on a stationary bike are harder than riding outside as you get no downhills you are pedaling the whole time so true uh and then this is my favorite quote of the week elizabeth said it felt like the old days of appointment writing when everyone everyone had to be there (laughs) and for all seven thousand people who were there he let us know how much he appreciated that we were all there for him especially those west coasters because that was like 3 30 a.m yeah yeah that's a big ask right uh so uh thank you to everyone as always that fills up uh these these fills out these recommendations each week if you haven't gotten a chance to take these classes you absolutely should especially that unstackable let us know what you think absolutely peloton is celebrating uk black history month now we should point out we that their black history month is different i mean at a different time right than the american version of people get confused sometimes like it's not february yeah, and we talked about the fact that they were celebrating last mm-hmm. week, but we did not know about this event, which occurred on October 28th at 2 p.m. And, uh, well, when we put this out, you could go and purchase the tickets. Obviously, right. it has already occurred, yes. so you can't now. I mean, if you want to buy a ticket, I'm sure they'll take your money. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, it was going to be a panel discussion with Hannah Frankson, Jermaine Johnson, and Jocelyn Thompson Rule. Very cool. And finally, uh, there is a new 30-minute outdoor run featuring Marcel Maurer. Am I saying? I always struggle with that one. And the manager of Liverpool FC, Jurgen. I think it's Jurgen. Jurgen Klopp. I think it's Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen Klopp. I don't know. It sounds fun. So I'm going to go with it. Uh, Yes. So as you said, Jurgen is the manager of the football club. So uh, this is, you know, an extension of the Liverpool partnership that is happening. But this particular class was kind of filmed, not kind of, it was filmed for outdoors. So you can take this audio only class anywhere and it's all in German. So not sure how many people speak enough German to be able to take it. I would like to hear from you if you do, but pretty cool. Very special. Peloton birthdays. And finally, we have two birthdays this week. The first is from former Peloton instructor Chase Tucker. His birthday is November 5th. And then on November 9th, it is the birthday of Mila Wedekind. Yes, it is. So happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. 
happy 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 birthday happy birthday do we just remix it oh no dennis morton's gonna be so mad (laughs) (laughs) and coming up after this it's our interview of the week we're talking to rob Semmelcare from the new york roadrunners association they run created deal with handle organize the new york city marathon which is coming up this weekend and he's going to tell you all about that all about their new podcast and he's going to tell you all about the partnership that they now have with peloton so stick around for that checking in with the peloton community joining us today via the magic of zoom tube from new york roadrunners it's rob Simulcare. hey rob how's it going hello Hello, guys. Thanks for having me on the pod. Oh, my God. We're so excited. Crystal is very excited. Not that I'm not excited. I'm the one who exercised. Like, I didn't exercise till I was like 50. And when he did, like, he doesn't do cardio. Like, he only does tonal. Like, he won't even touch the Peloton. So people are always like, why are you on this podcast? Yeah. Because he makes (laughs) dick jokes usually. Funny stuff. (laughs) I mean, cardio is important. It it is. Right. If I do cardio, it's accidental. (laughs) So she was very excited. So I didn't want to sound like I was being mean. Like I secretly root for the New York Wiley Coyote Association. I have to tell you, like I've had quite a, my own little running journey. I'm sure you get stuck hearing these stories all the time, but like I've tried to be a runner since I've been part of Peloton and I'm like super slow. But this year I had it in my head. I am going to go and do the New York city marathon. Like that's my biggest dream. That's what I want to do. So I've done a half marathon a couple of times. I had this like bridge in my head. Okay, I'm going to do the Big Sur 21 miler, right? So I'm out there training. I'm doing all the things. And on February 5th, I got hit by a car while training. Yeah. Yeah. So that really slowed. I mean, no, took her down. Yeah. Like punctured lung. Oh, my gosh. uh, Concussion. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Like whole kit and caboodle. 12 weeks later, I still walked the 21 miles. So it is, I am back in training and my goal is to see you on that start line next year. (laughs) All right. Well, you know what? It's funny. When I get to the start line on November 5th, I'll give a speech. And one of the things I'll talk about is congratulating people for getting to the starting line because (laughs) it's hard to get to the starting line. People talk about it. It's so hard to run a marathon and 26.2 miles. And yeah, of course that's hard. But I think getting to the starting line is the hardest part, to be honest. And things happen along the way. You know, I was actually running the New York Marathon twice. I was thinking about running Chicago this year, and I was training over the summer, and my knee started acting up. Nothing as dramatic as being hit by a car. It was just like (laughs) boring old 51-year-old guy knee pain. But I didn't make it to the starting line of that one. So it's hard to make it to the starting line. It is, and I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for next year. So crossing my fingers... Okay, but there seems like there's so much exciting stuff happening this specific year at the marathon. Can you tell us a little bit of the history of the New York Roadrunners? Like, how did that come to be? And like, how long have you guys been around? And I'll let you talk. Sorry, I have so many questions. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's a great question. So New York Roadrunners, and well, it's had a bunch of names. It it was known for a long time as New York Roadrunners Club. And it really started in the 1950s. There was a guy named Ted Corbett, who was an Olympic marathoner. He was an incredible guy, originally from New York, and he was famous for just running crazy mileage. Like he'd run 100, 110, 125 miles a week. And he was just epic. And so he created it with some others in the New York area. 
Some of the actual predecessor organizations were things like the New York Pioneers, which was an African-American running club in Harlem. So there's actually a pretty significant African-American component to it. And Ted was African-American. And that's a lot of what kind of started it going as a running club. And it really was just a club where they would meet, they would measure courses. That was Ted Corbett's big thing was like measuring courses so that it could say, yeah, we're running a 10K and it was really a 10K. And that was before we had watches to do such things. Exactly. (laughs) They had to like go out in cars and have like tools to measure courses. It wasn't that easy. So that grew through the 60s. And then of course, what really had it, what really caused it to take off was the marathon. And the New York City Marathon was created in 1971. It started out as just running laps around Central Park. So if you've been to Central Park, there's a loop that runs about six miles around the park from Central Park South up to Harlem and back. And so it started out just running loops around the park. And then the big, big thing that really caused its tremendous growth was the idea that some folks had, including a guy named Fred LeBeau, who was one of the famous founding fathers of New York Roadrunners, to make that a five-borough marathon. Wow. And they went to the mayor of New York at the time, a guy named Abe Beam, with this idea. It was Fred LeBeau. It was a guy named Percy Sutton, who was a leader in Harlem. And they said, listen, we've got a crazy idea. We want to start this marathon on Staten Island and have it run through Brooklyn, Queens, over the Queensboro Bridge, Manhattan, into the Bronx back in Manhattan, finish it at Central Park. And people laughed at them. They thought it was nuts. But Abe Beam, the mayor, was like, you know what? This could be a thing. Let's give this a go. The city needed some positive stuff. It was a really tough time in New York. The city was falling apart. Crime rates were through the roof. And so they gave it a shot. And the rest is history. We're going to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Five Borough Marathon in 2026. Oh, wow. wow. I was, I've always wondered that because I'm like, I can't imagine being like, Hey, how about we shut down New York so people can run? Like <laughs> it sounds crazy. Yeah. It sounds crazy. It's one of those things where once you've done it and it's a big deal, like you take pride in it, like the Macy's Day parade, right? But that first time when you're at least on Macy's, like it's nobody's in the street anyway cuz it's Thanksgiving morning, right? right? But <laughs> not exactly. with what you guys like, are doing. I think personally, I have this conversation with people in New York a lot. What are the greatest days of the year in New York? And most people, even if they're not runners, they think that the New York City Marathon, along with maybe the Thanksgiving Day Parade, are the two best days of the year in New York. Of course, I'm biased. I think it's the marathon. And what I love about it is, yeah, it's great to go out and cheer for characters and balloons and all that. We all love Thanksgiving. But with the marathon, people are going out and they're rooting for strangers. You know, They're cheering for people from all over the world who are running through the streets of our city and everybody cheers for everybody. The vibe is so positive and it's a global event. We got people coming from all over the world and this is how they experience New York as a place where strangers yell their name (laughs) and say, you got this, you do this, you go for it. So I just think it's an incredibly special day. Well, on that note, how do you think that this marathon became the largest in the world? Like, I mean, there's a lot of marathons. What do you think is so special? I think it starts with the city, to be honest. I mean, there's no place like New York. And I know it sounds like a cliche, but the energy of the city, the density of the city is such that you got crowds for just about the entire 26 miles. The two quietest spots on the marathon course are the first mile where you're running over the Verrazano Narrows Bridge for a mile and change, almost a mile and a half. It's a very long bridge. 
And so it's actually interesting. You start, there's all this excitement and then you get out there and it's actually pretty quiet. There's a ton of runners around you. You're dodging, you're trying to like find some space usually in that area, but it's kind of quiet in its own way, but it's so exhilarating. And then the second is actually the other big bridge you cross, which is the 59th street bridge, the Queensboro bridge. Now it's called the Ed Koch bridge that takes you from Queens into Manhattan. And that's fun because now you're just past halfway. You know, you can feel it and you're coming in Manhattan for the first time. And you can actually look down as you're crossing over first Avenue and see the crowds and they're five and six deep going up first Avenue. And you come around that ramp down onto first Avenue and it's just so exhilarating, right? So like it's quiet on the bridge and then it's like, boom, like you're there. And I always tell people and Crystal, keep this in mind when you run next year, the most dangerous mile of the marathon is that mile right there. It's about mile 16 on first Avenue because you get such a charge from the crowds there that you will run your fastest mile. <laughs> and you don't want to run your fastest mile at mile 16 or mile 17. That's not where you want to do that. You no. need to keep something in the tank. Could you ask but them to happened. maybe be quiet? Just tone it down <laughs> as she runs through? Could we do that? Yeah. Everybody yeah, you can be coming. like a quarterback, uh, you know, in a home game. Like, hey, guys, like quiet down. I'm trying to call the play here. So yeah, and then maybe that would work, but I doubt it. So you gotta like a hold back there. We have a podcast that we launched at New York Roadrunners this year called yeah. Set the Pace. And my partner on that podcast is a guy named Meb Kofleski, who won the marathon in 2009. But the first year he ran it, he fell into that trap. He went crazy running up First Avenue, put up like, I mean, his mile splits were probably under five minutes. He's crazy fast. And then he just ran out of gas later uh, on. So was he dis- not able to complete or did he, he just finished. not do what he wanted to do? He finished, but he finished way off the pace. Like gotcha. he didn't come close to winning. In our first episode, actually, he talks about when he got to the finish line, that was his first ever marathon. Actually, he had been a more of a 10K kind of runner, elite runner, but more at the 10K, 5K distance. And he got to the finish line of that first marathon and he was like, yeah, I'm never doing that again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that didn't last long. (laughs) He ended up running 26 marathons, one for every mile in the marathon, one New York in 2009, one Boston in 2014, picked up an Olympic medal along the way. So he ran a couple more marathons, did pretty well. That makes and he feel... has a, an incredibly fun name to say. He does, Meb. right? Meb. Yeah. It's great. But that makes you feel good because if I do make that mistake, I mean, hey, if somebody at that level makes that kind of mistake. Like... Then there's an Olympic medal in your future. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> That's how it works, right? <laughs> yeah. So what inspired you guys to start the podcast this year specifically? Well, thanks for the question. And first of all, my background is a broadcasting background. I worked at ESPN for 10 years. NBC Sports for eight years. So when I got to Roadrunners just after last year's marathon, I started thinking of things we could do differently. And I said, wow, we don't have a podcast. We don't have a show. Like We don't have a way to tell the stories of the people who run our marathon or run with us all year long. And I thought, listen, we got 50,000 people showing up for this marathon on November 5th. And of those 50,000, there's 50,000 stories. There are 50,000 reasons why people decided to put themselves through the difficult task of running a marathon. And of those 50,000, like several thousand of them are tearjerkers. Yeah. And probably like at least 50 of them could be feature length Hollywood films. Like they're so inspiring. 
we put together a thing called Team Inspire at New York Roadrunners every year, which is the most inspirational stories of the marathon. So I said, come on, we one podcast a week. Like that's easy. <laughs> we can put together an amazing set of conversations and stories if we just do this once a week. And then once Meb agreed to do it with me, Meb is so beloved in the running you know, world. He was the last American man to win the Boston Marathon. Yeah incredibly respected and amazing guy. Once once Meb got on board, I was like, great, we're doing this. Well, do you guys have any guests coming up that you're especially excited about? Well, we are just about to wrap up the pre-marathon run of shows. So if you go and download the podcast, Set the Pace, you can listen to all the episodes we've done since about Labor Day when we launched. And I'd say there's a bunch that I really love. My personal favorites, I'll say, without slighting anybody else, are... Susanna Scaroni, who is the defending wheelchair champion of the TCS New York City Marathon. She's coming back this year to defend her title in New York. And also because we're actually going to be an Olympic qualifying event, Paralympic qualifying event this year, if she finishes first or second among Americans, she'll qualify for the Paralympic team. She's just an incredible story. You talked about Crystal getting hit by a car when you were training. I mean, Susanna's story about, first of all, you know, what happened to her as a kid being in a car accident that caused her to be confined to a wheelchair for the rest of her life, but then how she discovered wheelchair racing and what she's been able to accomplish in the field. I mean, she's truly elite. She's incredible. And then the thing that's so crazy about her story is she'd already become an elite wheelchair racer and she's out training and got hit by a car while training oh, in a oh wheelchair. God. Oh my and God. Gets knocked out, injured from that, and comes back from that to get back on the top of podiums and win the Boston Marathon and win. Her story is just incredible. And so I highly recommend that one. Also, we had a great conversation with Willie Geist, who some folks might know from NBC News and Morning Joe. He's got some great stories about running the marathon last year. So there's just so many. It's been really fun to tell those stories and just talk with Meb about running. And Meb gives a running tip every single episode. So that's another thing you can check out. That's, that's going to, he's going to regret that. <laughs> like, so so I, you have to explain. I have a movie podcast, <laughs> which is how this all started. I have a movie podcast and it's called Real Spoilers Elevator Pitch. It's like a book club for movies, but with no Oprah. Every week we discuss movies in a spoiler rich environment. And so on the first episode is thought, oh, it'd be funny gag. I'll end with a spoiler from another movie, right? Like seven hundred and fifty episodes later. It's getting tough. <laughs> it's getting real tough. I see what you mean. I do see what you mean there. Yeah. We hadn't really thought ahead about yeah. that. Nobody well, ever thinks 700 episodes down the line. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll just make that a marathon season thing. I you know, like it. I like it. I'm just trying and to like, move away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Manage expectations from them. Like, that's going to get hard. <laughs> You're going to be like, oh, no, it's... man, like, uh, faster. <laughs> One faster yeah that's today's we call it the med minute right. that's today's med minute just, something's just in your fast. way go around it i don't know <laughs> wear shoes or don't <laughs> something to look forward along. to yeah, yeah yeah okay so i also want to ask you about the partnership between the new york roadrunners and peloton can you tell us a little bit of background about how that came to be Yes, Crystal, we are so excited to welcome Peloton as a new partner of New York Roadrunners and the TCS New York City Marathon. This was the first 
thing I did as CEO. It was actually before I was CEO. What? Because I was named to get the job in October of last year and didn't start until after the marathon. One of the very first things I did was talk to a friend of mine. I have a good friend named Crystal. Sorry, what am I saying? I'm talking to Crystal. Kristen <laughs> McGee. Oh, Kristen, Kristen McGee, yeah. You know Kristen? Kristen is a yoga instructor, Peloton. She and I are great friends. And when I told her I was getting this job, she said, oh, we should do something with Roadrunners and Peloton. And I was like, yeah. So she actually put me in touch with senior leadership at Peloton. I reached out immediately. I said, let's do something. Now, we were looking at different companies in the category, but we started talking to them. And what's great about them, of course, they've got great bikes and they've got great treadmills and they're going into rowing now. So they've got so many great things that people can use. But what's special about them is the community. They have created such a strong community over the years of fitness enthusiasts, but just great personalities and great content. At the end of the day, what's amazing about them is they're storytellers and they're content creators. So we are, as through that partnership, they're doing a great job of telling the story of the TCS New York City Marathon and what it's like to be a part of it. They've got so many of their trainers who are running it and it's just a great partnership. It's only a couple months old and they're already like doing incredible things. So I'm so excited to be partnered with Peloton and we are just scratching the surface now of all the things we're going to do with them. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> can you give us a sneak peek? <laughs> like what's your favorite aspect? What can we expect to see? I think you can definitely expect content. I think you can expect opportunities for people in the Peloton community to train with Peloton and then come run one of our races, including the TCS New York City Marathon. I, we know that's going to be a thing. I'm actually going to what they call a shakeout run, which is a run that you do kind of like just to keep yourself somewhat sharp right before marathon. I think they're having it two days before the marathon in New York. So I'm going to meet up with, uh, I think it's Bex Gentry, I think is one of the instructors and some others to go to their shakeout run. And then they're going to have a huge presence at the finish line as well. So they're going to have a big cheer section and they're going to be cheering for their folks as they come through. So if you follow them on social uh, the next week on Instagram, wherever, you're going to see a lot of great stuff about the TCS New York City Marathon. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Ah, oh, super excited. So I'm just curious. I feel like one of the things that people don't always get about Peloton in relationship to the treadmill is I think people are really used to the idea of a bike and an instructor. I think when it comes to running, not so much. And I think a lot of people look at it and go, what do I need that for? I'm just going to get on a tread and run. I don't need somebody to yell at me, quote unquote, while I'm mm -hmm. running. Not that they yell at you. But I just wonder if you had any thoughts about the advantages of using something like Peloton to train for running. That's a really actually a great question. And I, do I it can every once tell the story a little bit through <laughs> my marathon experience, not so much treadmill running, but we'll get to that in a second. But the idea of having coaching, right? Having yeah. people who can help you run faster. I ran two marathons. I've only run two. I'm not like a crazy big marathon. I've always been a big runner, but I'm more of a 10K guy. But I ran my first marathon in, I'm going to date myself here, 1997. So you were and seven. I had a great experience. <laughs> I was inspired to run it because I saw the finish of the Boston Marathon when I was in, going to school in Boston. And I said, you know what? I want to do this. And I signed up for the New York Marathon the next day, basically. And I got in what I thought was a really nice time. You know, I just wanted to run under four hours. 
I ran in 344 and it was a really rainy day. So I was very happy with that. And I was like, okay, check, done, not going to do it again. But then 16 years later, I was inspired to run it again because we were about to move out of New York City, my family. And I was like, let me just do one more New York run before we move to the suburbs and signed up for the 2013 marathon. But that time, instead of just training by myself, like I did in 1997, I had a team. I ran for a team called Fred's Team, which benefits Memorial Sloan Kettering Hospital for Cancer in New York. And I had an aunt who had passed away from breast cancer that year. So I wanted to do it in honor of her. But the team that I had around me, the coaches, the trainers, the training plans, the other runners I was with, like that made a huge difference. And I ended up running 16 years later than my first one, exactly 16 minutes faster. So I got older, mm -hmm. but I got faster, which was an amazing experience. I ended up running that in 328. So that was like, wow. my goal was under 330. So it goes back to your question, having motivation, someone telling you and pushing you and giving you advice on how to run and how to run faster makes a big difference. Running is a very coachable thing. You can be coached to run a lot faster. Meb, he talks a lot about the importance of coaching in his career. He had a coach who was his coach in his entire running career, and it was a really important relationship. So I think that's one of the things Peloton's going to be able to do for folks who run on their treads is give them the tools and the advice and the motivation to get faster if that's what they want. Wow. I'm curious what your favorite thing about Marathon Weekend in New York City is. Oh, man, there's so much. But I have to go back to, I believe, that the happiest place on earth, apologies to my many friends at Disney. I was like, you're going to get sued. But the <laughs> happiest place on <laughs> They're our partners, so I think they'll let me use okay. this. That's, that's we, we, the marathon's on ESPN. I actually worked there 10 years, so I, I get to borrow it, I guess. <laughs> I think the happiest place on earth, at least on the first Sunday in November, is the finish line of the TCS New York City Marathon. I love the finish line so much because every single person who crosses that finish line is having a moment they're never going to forget for the rest of their lives. And it's not often you can just sit there and watch people have life-changing experiences in mass, like one after another, after another. It's like raining emotion at that finish line. You see smiles, you see tears. You just see everything, people looking up at the sky, people crossing themselves, people hugging each other. Like it's so emotional and it's so inspiring. And so I could just stand there all day. I'm, in fact, I will stand there all day and not because we celebrate the finishers at the back of the pack as much as we do the people who finish up front and just there are going to be a lot of hugs. There's going to be a lot of high fives. There's going to be a lot of tears. Need a lot of hand sanitizer for all of that. <laughs> but it's a great, great place to be. Oh, I want to go do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you will probably get hit by a car again. They yeah. don't have it closed down. That's true. That's, that's true. I should idea. probably wait until the course is open. Yeah, that's, I mean, <laughs> I'm not a runner. We will but... save a place for you, Crystal. So just get yourself going. Get yourself moving. Get I'm, yourself I'm out, out there. there. We can find it. We'll get you in next year. Okay. okay. So for people who have their eye on next year, do you have any advice? Because it's too late for this year to give them advice. If you advice. couldn't start If you now. haven't started by now, you're screwed. <laughs> But, it uh, is too late yeah. for the most part. <laughs> yeah, there are some people who just run 
three, four, five marathons a year who that, are like always those people in marathon are okay. shape. Yeah. I don't know that I'd call them okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> All things are relative, I guess. Well, there are people who could literally roll out of bed and run a marathon, but there aren't too many of those. Right. For most people you're looking at, especially if it's your first one, you're looking at four or five months of training to get ready. And I, I think really it comes down to being in a regular routine of running. You know, if you've got a goal set to run one in a year, okay, you don't have to start training now, that's for sure. But like getting into the habit of running a few times a week would be good, right? Just to start building up the muscle memory and a little bit of mileage would be great. And then, you know, we have a program in New York called Nine Plus One. If you're in the New York area, you can run nine of our races in a calendar year, plus volunteer at one of them, and you're guaranteed entry into the next year's marathon. It's only for people in the area who can run a lot of our races, but that gives people that buildup of running and mileage and stuff like that. If you're not in New York, you can actually sign up for our virtual races. We have a bunch of virtual races. You can go to nyrr.org or also go to Strava. We've got a whole thing on Strava where you can sign up for virtual races, 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, and you can actually start to build up mileage that way too. And then when you're ready, it's four or five months out, you get into that routine. Of course, there's the part about getting in, right? Which is also a challenge. Yeah. We have coming in February, our registration opens up. You can enter our drawing and hopefully you get a slot that way. There are other ways to get in that are somewhat more of a sure thing. You can run for a charity and raise money for charities. We have over 500 charity partners and raised over $50 million for charity last year. So that's wow. a great way to get in you can get in in a bunch of other ways too. So there's lots of different ways to do it, but it's doable. It's doable. So you got to put your mind to it and plan and make it happen. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, Rob, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. Before we let you go, let everybody know where they can find you, where they can find the marathon, all the places that they can find the things. And the podcast. And their podcast, of course. Absolutely. Thank you. Usually I have to jam those plugs no, in. No, we're jamming here. on a red carpet. I yes. love that. That's beautiful. <laughs> So first of all, if you want to follow the marathon this year, the best way to do it is to download the TCS New York City Marathon app. It is up now in the App Store, Apple, Android, all the places. You can track runners. You can watch the live video feed of the race in the app as well, no matter where you are. So I recommend checking out the app, the TCS New York City Marathon app in the App Store. And then the podcast, again, it's called Set the Pace. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, all the great places. You can find me on Instagram. I'm RT Simmel. I didn't go for the whole Simmel care thing. It's a little bit long. So RT is on Instagram. <laughs> you can follow New York Roadrunners or the TCS New York City Marathon and all those places. And we just hope to see you out there somewhere. And we hope to see you at the starting line, Crystal, next year. Your I'm husband, good. maybe not. But at least <laughs> you'll be rooting, right? Yes, you'll be there I'll be at the finish on. line with you waiting for her. Yes. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> I look forward to seeing you both in New York well, next year. Thank you again yes, so much for you. this. What a pleasure. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
So I guess that brings this episode to a close. Until next week, where can people find you? People can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. They can find me on all social media and the Peloton leaderboard at Clip Out Crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online at facebook.com slash The Clip Out. And of course, don't forget our Patreon where for five bucks a month, you get all sorts of bonus content and you get a mad free. And if we get them early, you get them early. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in and until next time keep pedaling and running and rowing <laughs>